This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello everyone and welcome to a very special festive edition of the Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. If the Queen's speech isn't for you, well hopefully Gorsley and myself have got you boxed off on Christmas Day, uh, where we're going to have a little look back on what a magnificent calendar year it's been for the Reds um, on so many fronts domestic, European pretty much everything but what I want to start with of course if I may is just how it's been in terms of covering it because obviously one of the one of the big moments in in my eyes and I'm sure many listeners readers of the Echo was uh, was when the boot room promotion of Paul Gorst <laughs> took place it was almost like a Shankly to Paisley switch like you know Pierce, Pierce signed off he got yeah. that European trophy done and then the big man comes in takes over your trophy counts good Two two uh two big cups in the last few months. What's it been like since uh, September when you uh, took over? It's been it's been great to be honest. I mean, I'd like a few more games boxed off, done and dusted before the ninetieth yeah. minute. Um, <laughs> there have been several of them. I think there's seven now. The Liverpool have won in stoppage time or, or inside the last five minutes. Hasty rewrites. It doesn't doesn't do much for for your uh, for your match when you're yeah. trying to get it in. But yeah, I mean, I can't complain. I've seen Liverpool lose once so far in Napoli back in September. Um, it's an absolute privilege to be covering what I think now is is the best team in the world and and is has been proven official by the Club World Cup. So fantastic! Um, watching so many superb players at the absolute peak of their powers. You think of Virgil Van Dijk, Alison Becker, Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, Mohamed Salah, Fabinho. The list goes on. Mm. So it's been a, a joy so far. Uh, two trophies up. So I think I'm one up on Pierce. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've outdone him there, but. He did cover the, the big one, didn't he? The Champions League. Yeah. Maybe in uh, in May we'll be looking at me covering the the Premier League title. We shall see. It's uh, it's an absolutely fantastic time to be following the Reds, uh, whether you're a fan or a journalist or just anyone who's got a passing interest in football. Mm. Well, you mentioned it there. Obviously, apart from getting the the ghostly deal over the line, the biggest moment of the year was that Champions League final uh, back in June. So let's just reflect on that for a second. Obviously, we've we've written and talked about it at, at length, but. There's just I don't know. You get so many reminders all the time, don't you? And obviously this week, as you've mentioned, in Qatar, winning winning mm-hmm. the Club World Cup, that wouldn't have happened. Have we not won the Champions League? Wouldn't Liverpool wouldn't have been there? Uh, you've had the Super Cup, so you know there's there's two trophies that came on the back of the of the glory back in uh, Madrid in June. But do you think as well as well as leading to those cups, it kind of laid the groundwork for everything we've seen in the league this season? Yeah, you'd always you'd always hear that, and you'd always hear like. Um... Players who've done it before, players who've won trophies, managers who've won trophies, getting that first one over the line, success breeds success. And I think winning that Champions League in June was just a massive moment for Liverpool because they'd come so close in Kiev yeah. a year earlier, and they? they'd, they'd fallen. But I think when when they lost to Real Madrid in, in uh, the end of May in 2018, it wasn't like a. Uh, I mean, it was a disappointment. You know, everyone was, was devastated, but it wasn't a moment where you thought, well, that's Liverpool's time uh, come and gone. And they've missed the boat. Uh, it was almost like the start of something, and they followed on and, and completely proven that theory in um, in Madrid. Just over a year later, and now it looks like they are building and building towards something special in the Premier League. They are now obviously world champions. They've won the Super Cup. Let's go with the Champions League. First thing they've seen to win all three in the same calendar year. Mm-hmm. So everywhere you look now across this football club, on and off the pitch, they're absolutely thriving. They've got arguably the best manager in the world. A squad, squad that's the envy of world football. Um, new plans afoot with the training ground, which will be open before the, the start of next season. Plans to expand Anfield to make it the third biggest in the Premier League. So, everywhere you look now, Liverpool are, are absolutely in top shape, and uh, 
it's just going to be great to, to see how they uh, continue on from here. Mm. You mentioned a few of them before, that list of world champions and, and several Ballon d'Or nominees that, that are in the red squad. <clears throat> if you had to pick one player who kind of defined the calendar year and, and stood out the most, is there, is there anyone who springs to mind? There's a, there's a few, isn't there? You can make an argument for, for Alison Becker. Um, yeah. Absolute world-class goalkeeper. Finished the Premier League season with the most clean sheets in his debut season, the most expensive Liverpool goalkeeper of all time. The second in in football history, behind Kepper of Chelsea, won the Copper America, the Champions League, the Golden Glove, Golden Glove in the Champions League, Golden Glove in the Copper America. He's just won the Club World Cup. So he'd have a, a, a very realistic shot. And then you think of someone like Virgil van Dijk, who's just been an absolute colossus now for, for two years at Liverpool, hasn't he? And it, I think he's the one, really, that's been the, the catalyst for this transformation mm. over the last two years at Liverpool. Something was bubbling and, and building at the time, but he's just basically taken that, um, taking Liverpool a lot further than perhaps they even thought they could get uh, since he signed. So I'd probably say van Dijk. Uh, Honourable mention for Sadio Mane and mm. Mohamed Salah. And of course, uh, Roberto Firmino. Mm, absolutely. Well, like you say, the, the list is pretty much endless there. Mm. Um, so we talked about European glory and everything that's come in the wake of the Champions League win. But is there a is there a domestic moment or well, I'd say a domestic game that stands out for you this season? It's it's one of them, isn't it? Like you were saying before about the games you've covered recently. As, as great as Liverpool have been this season, there's been lots of tight games. But I don't know. Would you maybe say the City three one or the the Everton game recently that that stands out? Yeah, I would have, would have said either of those. Actually, I think City, the City game, particularly the first half, was probably as close as Liverpool have come to playing like the way they were in 2017-18 when there wasn't much, uh, you know, it was helpful leather and, and not much thought was given to defender and it was yeah. just all of the attack and it was electrifying. Every time they went forward, it looked like they were going to score. So I'd probably say that one, you know, coming against a team of, of such high quality as well, Manchester City, the big rivals, that was the huge title rivalry you know, somebody even calling it a decider at the time, weren't they? And mm. Liverpool breeze past City on the day. Um, probably unfortunate to concede, really, considering how well they defended yeah. against City's attackers. And then the Merseyside derby, when Klopp made five changes and everyone was questioning it and pulling the hair out and thinking, no, you can't be doing this against <laughs> Everton. And then they go and score five. Um, those two are probably the ones to stand out. I thought Liverpool played very well against Tottenham. Uh, went a goal down basically inside the first minute. Never panicked, kept to the game plan throughout. Got the, the reserve win in the end. Probably should have been a bit more comfortable. Uh, Paolo Gazzania had, had a great day uh, that, that day at Anfield. So probably those three, but if I pick them one, then the, the City one's hard to beat, isn't it? Mm, I think that's fair. And then coming to the end of the year, there's, it's been a mad few weeks really, but obviously mm. on, on the... The playing front, there's been so many games throughout December, but then it's been a couple of weeks for Liverpool. Just we're, we're getting loads of business done. Obviously, Klopp's contract, Milner, Minamino. We've had developments on the Anfield expansion front. It almost feels, doesn't it, that like FSG are kind of looking to answer the big questions of 2020 already, just getting that done a bit early. Very much so, yeah. I mean, as I say, I think if you look across every kind of facet of this football club, every corner of it, you won't find somewhere that isn't thriving on or off the pitch. Fair play to FSG. They've backed Klopp in the transfer market in 2018 um, with Van Dijk and Cater, Fabinho and Shaqiri. They've just picked up Minamino for an absolute steal. We know Liverpool believe he's worth three times more than the 7.25 million he paid for him. I'd probably argue he's worth even more than that given mm. how some of the prices um, fluctuate in the Premier League now. So yeah, I mean, everywhere you look, Liverpool are absolutely on top form. Um a lot of credit does have to go to FSG as they enter their 
tend to hear it as owners. It hasn't been an overnight success and, and an instant transformation by any stretch, but they were never going to be owners who were coming in and spending 400 million, you know, every summer, every winter transfer market. They've done it steadily. They've spent when they when they can, spent it correctly uh, through the work of Michael mm. Edwards and, and the football operations team and obviously Klopp. So it's hard to pick faults. Um, you know, we're not we're not supporters, we're journalists, we're, we're meant to be objective and um, balanced, but you can't really argue what's happening at this football club at the moment. There's not an area where you think something can change for the better because they're absolutely flying. Um, it's just going to be so exciting to see what happens in the next 18 months to two years. Mm. Well, lastly then, if you had to have one hope, one expectation uh, for next year, is it is it just all about that Premier League title? I think it's got to be, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. I think... Liverpool fans have seen them win the, the the Champions League. You know, you don't have to be forty or fifty to to know that what it feels like to win a European Cup as a Liverpool fan. But a generation of Liverpool supporters have never seen them lift the Premier League. Have they? There'll be supporters who are twenty eight and twenty nine who've never seen it. So that has to be the the holy grail after Christmas into the New Year, and then just the edging towards the the spring because that'll just be. Uh, I mean, if Klopp's not already the legend, then you know. They'll build a statue for them if they win that league. Absolutely, absolutely. Nice one. Well, we'll leave it there. Um, everyone who's tucking into your turkey, have a <laughs> have a lovely Christmas day. Uh, and thanks, uh, thanks for all the listeners, readers, uh, watchers of all the Echo content throughout 2019. And there'll be plenty more to come next year. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.